everyone, and welcome to the Cutaways Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Justine. Oh, you're so cute today. Thank you. I'm so happy that we're kind of, I don't know, I feel like we've been with guests a lot, and I'm just happy to be <laughs> alone again. Plus, we're both older and wiser since the last time we saw each other. <laughs> we've each had respective birthdays on the same week, because that's how we roll. Yep. We realized that last year. Birthday week is finally coming to a close. Yeah. Um, so anyway, this is our weekly podcast, as you may know if you have been listening with us from the beginning. We are watching Netflix's romantic comedy genre list from start to finish. Uh, we started all the way back in 1918, and we're, well, we kind of went back in time because Netflix pulled a fast one on us and added a movie that we think we need to, mm-hmm. to watch. So we're going back to the 60s. Mm-hmm. Last week we were in the 70s. This we were in the 80s, actually. Last oh, the last week we were in the 80s. I forgot Grease 2 was the 80s. Yeah. Uh, Netflix, here's the thing. Netflix streaming had one movie in the 70s and then a couple movies in the 80s. Like, it was only four more movies until we got to the 90s. Yeah. Which is kind of unacceptable in romantic comedy land. Oh, yes, because there's so many. So, actually, we maybe we'll just talk about it now. Yeah. We have kind of generated a list. Mm -hmm. We've cross-referenced lots of lists of romantic comedies and what is important historically. Mm -hmm. And so we've compiled, I think we have a list of 10 that aren't on Netflix that we think we should add. It's something like that. Yeah. So we're kind of going to veer off of the Netflix path. Mm-hmm. a little bit and we are going to um, use other means of streaming and or these might be some that we own right these are essential yes. romantic comedies there we go i like it we still haven't come up with a cutesy name i don't think oh my cutesy name was rom-com rex <laughs> i don't get it like recommended rom-com oh like rex i thought you meant like wreck it ralph like i'm gonna <laughs> wreck it <laughs> also a possibility. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so what are we watching today? Today we're watching 1966's How to Steal a Million. Yes. I know, we were actually destined to watch this previously. Netflix took it away, Mm -hmm. and now it's back. They brought it back. I'm really happy. Here's what it's about. Trouble ensues when a noted art collector and forger decides to loan his prize Selene Venus the forged version, that is, to a museum. Mmm. I love it when a description starts with trouble ensues. <laughs> <laughs> it, it implies so much. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a caper. It is going to be a caper. Love a good caper. Well, I mean, the entire title says How to Steal a Million. Ooh. Okay, it stars Audrey Hepburn, Peter O'Toole, and Eli Wallach. So this movie was uh, directed by William Wyler, who also directed Roman Holiday. Oh. 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 Ow. (laughs) Okay. I I have more positive feelings about this movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're we're golden. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) There's no MPAA rating, of course, because we're... Back in the 60s. Back in 66. It's two hours and three minutes... Ooh, this is a long one. I know. But it's rated four stars on Netflix. Oh, that's a positive experience. So it sounds like it'll be really good. Yeah. I'm thinking it's going to be a positive one. I mean, we haven't had an Audrey movie that we haven't liked. That's right. I think we should just go watch it. Yes, let's go watch it. We just watched How to Steal a Million from Fox. Yes, we did. It was so cute. It was. It was really good, you know, and I think it had to do with the excellent talent. (laughs) Oh my god, yes. Yes. Peter O'Toole is my new crush. (laughs) He was- okay, so like, I think we've talked about your aversion to Lawrence of Arabia. It's not that I have an aversion to Lawrence of Arabia, it's just that it was, you know, pushed upon me so much. I that guess I it took that. me a very long time to actually watch it. You know, my entire life up until now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so long. Mm-hmm. It's and two movies. It's two movies in one. Yeah. It's so long and, like, he's he's so 
blasé in certain aspects of it. I mean, the, the movie is gorgeous, like, mm-hmm. uh, itself. It's just... Well, it's him becoming, like, I feel like a more hardened person because that's what war does to you. Yes. So it's just kind of like a story. It's not entertaining for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't care about war movies. Yes. War. We like these romantic comedies. We like love, not war. Yeah. You know what's funny, though? He wasn't introduced into the movie for, like, 20 minutes. Well, there was too much setup. Yeah. That's the problem with this movie, was that, like, anything that could ever be a backstory or loophole, like, anything you could ever question was put into the movie, making it two hours of lots of setup for a caper movie, for, like, an Ocean's Eleven movie. Yeah, it was, like, 20 minutes, 25 minutes of setup Mm -hmm. before he was introduced. Yeah. It felt longer. It felt longer, but I wasn't really bored. I wasn't bored. Actually, I wasn't bored at all until the end. Yeah. Like, after everything was done, right, it was just exactly. kind of like, okay, we're we're done with this story. Right after the caper, when it started doing something else, I was like, that's it. Yeah. Turn it off. <laughs> yeah, like, this is the whole point we're wanting to watch this movie is because we want to know if they're going to get caught or mm-hmm. all that jazz. So I didn't need to know where where it ended up or who it ended up with or how they were still saved. Yeah. Don't care. Just want them to get their plan completed, get together, and then go off and get married, as it were. We're back yeah. in the 60s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we just wanted, we wanted them to give some smoochy smooch and then be done. Mm-hmm. But no, kept going. But yeah, that's the only point that I was like, ugh, long movie. But it was long. But I don't know, what entertained me so much about it? I don't know. Well, it was like the the, the middle. The middle was just very, like... Once you once you got introduced to the comedy of it, because I think that's probably what it was. The beginning and the end didn't have the same level of comedy that the middle had. So the middle was just super entertaining, so it moved really fast. But the beginning and the end also had these weird, like maybe they were inside jokes, I guess, or they were just they just were jokes that didn't land. It was an interesting topic, though. Yeah, it seemed fairly original. I mean. It's not original that it's, like, a heist, but, like, the characters and why everybody was doing what they're doing was original, I felt. Yeah. So do you want to kind of start from the top and let's go go from there? Let's do it. The, um, the yeah, opening the credits. credits sequence with the paintings. Yeah. Justine was, was like, oh, we're back in the 60s. Yeah. That was, that's what I said. <laughs> And that way, too. She said it that way. Yeah, it's a good impression of me. I try really hard. (laughs) And then we saw in the opening credit sequence that there was a person named Mustache. I couldn't find anything on him. (gasps) I wanted so bad to have trivia of this man because I'm like, oh, he has to be like some, some like dude in France that has, he's just such a big comedic force to be reckoned with. But no, I couldn't find anything terribly upsetting there's no pictures of him on imdb so it was funny like i was like okay sometime during this movie we're gonna guess who mustache is <laughs> and i think we were right we were probably right it's the guy with the biggest mustache in the movie <laughs> <laughs> he had okay so there's that that the mm-hmm. famous mustache drawing that everybody uses with the the curly the curled up mm-hmm. black mustache and that's what he was. He was that. He was that dude. And he didn't talk, did he? Mm-mm. He never said a word. He just expressed himself via mustache. Yes. Which is, I, I think that should be what people do. Like, just have an expression via mustache contest. His real name was François-Alexandre Galapades? Galapado? No, Galapades. He's French. Because we're in France. Yeah. BT dubs, we're in France. So we start out with this art auction. And to me, this scene was pointless, but it introduces us to Papa. Nicole's dad. Nicole's dad. Also known as Bonnet. But I like just calling him Papa. Papa. (laughs) Papa. Papa. And then we see Audrey Hepburn driving this adorable little car. That I want. I deeply want, mm-hmm. even though even though it is essentially a Fiat 500, but I want it. 
Mm-hmm. It There's... looks so much better than the Fiats nowadays. Oh. Have you seen the Fiats nowadays? They're just kind of ugly. I think I know what you're talking about. And she's got her, her 60s hat on. She's looking yeah. very mod. Yeah. And her sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Super mod. And she's listening to the radio, and she hears the results of the auction, and she gets very mad, and then she drives over to her father's house. And in her father's house, there's a secret little Narnia passageway <laughs> in a... Through a the... Dresser. Yeah. Or a whatever. giant dresser. Yeah. Picture, like, what you would go a dresser for Narnia. But bigger. Yeah, it was amazing, and they didn't say anything about it. It's just awesome. Well, and they, like, only, they only had a bit with it once. Yeah, right now. Yeah. So she goes up there. It leads to the secret attic space where we see Papa painting paintings and um, pretty much duplicating forgeries. He's making a Van Gogh. Yeah. It's one of the swirly Van Goghs. I can't remember which one it was. Sam would know. Or as they say in Europe, Van Gogh. Van Gogh. Van Gogh. We only say it here in America. Van Gogh. Van Gogh. But it's not even spelled go. Like Van Gogh. Like, I feel like, okay, so I feel like if it were, like, Americanized, we would say with the O and the H, so we would say Van Gogh or Van Gogh. I'm pretty sure Peter O'Toole said it the British way, because he's British, right? Yeah. So he said Van Gogh. Yeah. But, like, everybody else, like, Audrey Hepburn's character is supposed to be a Parisian person. Yeah. And she was so American. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But they were, like, they had, like, jokes in there about making fun of Americans, and yet it's Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. There was even somebody, like, at the cafe when he he was, like, getting a phone call. That guy had a... deadpan american accent in a french a french guy in a french cafe (laughs) he's like telephone for you sir (laughs) (laughs) please uh, go pick up your phone would be the correct way of talking about it and you would have to do like the french uppity well it would have to be for americans uh, a british everything european is with a british yeah (laughs) it is true Uh, it kind of made me want to watch um ever after (laughs) I, I get it. I get it so hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Audrey, whose name is Nicole, which also made me want to watch Ever After. <laughs> Nicole de Locre. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to recur- like uh, refer to her as that from now on. Ooh. Oh. 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 Okay. So in Ever After, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. So she pretends to be... Nicole Delancre, because mm-hmm. that's not her name. That was her mother's name. Mm-hmm. <gasps> what if? Mm-hmm. What if Audrey Hepburn, her character, like, let's pretend that this was, like, not set in the future at all with these, like, crazy things. What if she was her mother? <laughs> We've already connected Roman Holiday to <laughs> Princess Diaries. You know... They do, in this movie, mention, you know, a grandmother and grandfather. It's where they got the Venus. Yeah, yeah. What if this is the line? This is, this is Drew Barrymore's I like family. it, because, because both movies have French people and art in them. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, connection made. <laughs> <laughs> they learn from the master. They learn from Leonardo Leonardo da Vinci came over to France and was like, I paint you up all nice. <laughs> yeah. And then they lost all their money because the French Revolution and Yeah, shit. yeah. So then they started doing forgeries. Yeah. Which, you know, the the Venus came down the line because it was her grandparents there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boom, there. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we are the worst. I feel like we need to make, like, a timeline. Of the movies that we've connected in this, like, thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they just make it easy for us because they write all, like... Because they just do tropes in yeah. romantic <laughs> comedies. We're like, oh, these people. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes them so much better. I Like, like I think I'm going to have a higher rating for this movie now because... <laughs> oh, the little universes we create. We have our own pocket universes. Oh, Okay. So, Nicole, back in the attic, Nicole is talking with Papa. Papa. Pretty 
pretty much, she is not in favor of this forgery business. No, not at all. She thinks that because the Americans have come up with new ways of determining forgeries that they're going to get caught. They're going to get caught, they're going to get busted, and she is like a weak soul. She's just like, not enough, no, no trouble, no. I want none of this. Nope. Then the police show up, and she's like, ah, the police! <laughs> and her father's like, oh, no, fine, it's the, the museum director guy. It's fine, it's, it's all just good. security, they're just taking our Venus on loan, and she's just like, what? <laughs> no, it's a fraud, and he's like, they don't know that. <laughs> it's pretty much how it is, like, she'd freak out, and the and Papa would be like, just chill. <laughs> just Everybody cool. likes art. <laughs> Just be cool. It doesn't matter if it's a if it's a fake. It's the experience, right? That's exactly what he was like. Uh, yeah, which I think, in a way, mm-hmm. is kind of how we should view art. Yeah, I feel way. like I feel like I've watched a movie with like this theme before of like mm-hmm. fakes of like where is it really real and it's just how you feel about it. Yeah. I feel like that is, like, a better representation of art kind of thing instead of, I don't know. Like, it also ties into our, our Peter O'Toole character. Yeah, it does. A Thematically. lot. <laughs> and Roman Holiday. And Any- Roman Holiday. Yeah, anything with Audrey Hepburn. Yep. What else did we watch her in? Oh, Charade. Charade, Charade. ties into there, too. This I felt like a lot of this... Felt a little bit like charade mm-hmm. in certain aspects. I think it was more cutesy than charade. Yes. I don't know. I really liked charade. Yeah. No, no, no. I like it. But I feel like charade had, like, sense of danger all the time. Like, with this movie, I was just like, ha, 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 everybody's having so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Look at them stealing this statue. Yeah, and charade, everybody died. <laughs> Yeah, that's a valid point. I don't know. I didn't think of it that way because the deaths were kind of, in a way, humorous. <laughs> I was just like, look at the death. Look at that. Look at that. He died. He's dead now. He's dead now. Ah. Let's put him in pajamas. <laughs> yes. All right. This movie. Where were we? Oh, yes. Okay. So the art director from the museums come to pick up the Venus. Nicole, like, attempts to, like, break it while they're packing it up. She just, she does, she's very anti mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. With she this. is super worried that they are going to get caught. Super, super, super worried. Super worried. She must be like, having, um, stomach problems over this. Seriously, that's how worried she is. Oh, like, there were, yeah, there's, like, heart palpitations that are definitely occurring that are causing much stress. Mm-hmm. She's probably developing gray hairs as we speak. Yeah, that's why she wears those lovely hats. Yes. So the Venus gets delivered with all jacked up security, and then there's immediately a Venus showcase. Yes. Well, we have the the montage of them driving it to the museum, and, like, the policemen are saluting it. Oh, right. And, and, like, the the mail carrier salutes it, too. And then the, um... The vicars. Yeah, take their hats off. Yeah, and then there's, like, church music. (laughs) That was amusing. That's the first point where I was like, this is amusing. Yeah. This like, is... I could get behind this. Yeah. We're worshipping art. Yeah, it's, this is like, it's it's not serious. Yeah. So then, um, yeah, then there's immediately a showcase. Yeah. And there's a guy who, like, like, we don't know who this guy is, but, like, he sees the Venus and he gets, like, all, like, wide-eyed and he, like, backs And out then there's, there. like, that push-in on his clothes, like, oh. on his eyes. <laughs> like, I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> But then he goes into his car, and he, like, has some sort of car phone. Something. Car phone satellite technology something. That where he didn't calls exist. up his secretary, and I was just like, look into all the details about this art collection and the Venus specifically and the whole family. So we're like, dun, dun, dun. Duh. We're like, oh, no. Then later that night, because this is the grand opening of yeah. the... Of the museum. Yeah, Papa is there and everything. But later that night, at the house, Nicole. Nicole is by herself reading a little Hitchcock book. (laughs) Which the physical comedy with that was just really funny. That was beautiful. That was beautiful moments. Yeah, like every time there was like a creak or whatever, she would like 
peek behind the book and like do something weird with it and then there was one point where she like puts it on her face and it's got hitchcock's face i know on it. that part was brilliant but yeah there's somebody in the house <gasps> da, da, da. so she summons up the courage she goes downstairs she grabs a gun off of the wall <laughs> And this is like a gun sword collection of yeah, antiques. Yeah, this, this is like very American right here. Yes. <laughs> and. Because who, who else but an American would keep a loaded gun on the wall? So then she sees a man stealing the Van Gogh. Dun, dun, dun. He's not doing a very good job of it. Like, he's picking things off of it. Oh, yeah, we see him, like, scraping off paint samples first. Yeah, which is weird. And then he, like, grabs the whole thing off of the wall. Mm-hmm. And then I love the introduction of him. This is Peter O'Toole. And we just see his big blue eyes peer over the frame of the Yeah, bingo. he's like, oh, I've been caught. He looks like a, like, a five-year-old, <laughs> like, who's been caught stealing cookies. He's very handsome. He's wearing a tuxedo. He's very James Bond. Very suave. Mm-hmm. So, He's like British Cary Grant. Yeah. I definitely had some Cary Grant feels. Which, did you realize that Cary Grant was British? Did we ever talk about that? Old Archie? No. Like, no, like he's, he was born in London. Oh, when did he move here? With vaudeville. Oh, wow. With his parents. So, she accidentally shoots him. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's on the phone, and the gun gets tangled in the phone, and she, like... Well, it's when she goes to put the gun down, and she's just like, okay, you leave, we'll leave, we'll all leave this be. Yeah. And she puts the gun down, and it fires, and it shoots him in the arm. And he overreacts. Yeah. He, like, reaches in his shirt, he pulls out the blood, and then, like, she faints, and he faints. Everybody's fainting. <laughs> I didn't believe his faint, though. Yeah, it seemed like, because after, it seemed like he just wanted her to faint. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, she's grazed his arm, and then they're talking, and... Well, they're, they are, like, in her kitchen, she's bandaging him up. Right, because he's having her bandage him up, because there's a bit of guilt going on. There's also, she doesn't want to, she did, really didn't want to call the cops, because that would have... Led to other things. Right, they would have investigated the paintings. And he doesn't know that, but I think probably he does, because of his, what he does. Yeah. Like, I was thinking he was going to be, like, this university professor. Mm-hmm. Who was, uh, questioning the family. But mm -hmm. that's sort of... He tells her that he's a burglar and stuff, so he doesn't want the cops called either. So he just bandages up, and he says, Oh, my arm is sore. I'll never be able to drive home. <laughs> he's I'm acting like so a big helpless. baby. Yes, he's like, he like turtles. He like falls on his back <laughs> and then just like is stuck and is just like not even trying to get back on his feet. So she offers to drive him home. So he takes his fancy car, his Jaguar. His Jaguar. And, um... Or as they say in Britain, Jaguar. Jaguar. That's they do. And, um, takes him to the Ritz. He's staying at the Ritz. Putting on the Ritz. <laughs> so, he's still being a big baby about it, but then gets her a taxi home, but then kisses her goodnight. Yeah, she, like, this is the part where it was just kind of weird. Because... It was very movie. <laughs> yeah, it was like, he was manipulating her to do all of these things, and then she's just like, she knows he's manipulating her, and she says something along the lines of, oh, and now, because you've done all of these things, you're you're just gonna kiss me before I leave. Yeah, you're gonna want a goodnight kiss, and he's like, okay, and he smooches her. Yeah, he's like, I normally don't do this at the first, the first meeting, but I'll make an exception. Mm-hmm. And, like, movie star, long... Yeah, and she gets that glaze in her eyes. Yeah, like the the scene or the camera lens has the Vaseline on it to make it all starry eyed. Why do you think that he had her come along? Because he clearly could have drove himself. Do you think that he just wanted assurance that she wasn't going to call the cops or something? I don't know. Like that's where I was like mostly confused. Like I didn't mm -hmm. quite understand 
his motivation behind manipulating her out of the house. Like, at first I thought, oh, maybe he's working with, like, this other band of thieves and they're just going to steal while he has her out of the house. But I don't don't know for sure. Or maybe he was trying to just gather information about her. Yeah. That would be the one thing I can think of. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so she comes back home, and the dad is home, and she tells him, I stopped a burglar, and he's like, oh, did you call the cops? She said no, and he's like, okay, good, good, okay, let's go, good night. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, Peter Tool's character's name is Simon Dermont. Yes. I didn't realize that until, like, the very end, but yes. I looked it up on IMDb, so I had something to write down. Oh, okay. <laughs> he is at his place and he's studying the paint chip under a microscope or something yeah yeah his weird glasses yeah so he and then he like does that hmm and he smiles so then i was like oh he's up to something (laughs) he's also smoking a cigarette yeah (laughs) then we're at the museum then we're at the museum okay uh nicole's at the museum and simon is there oh no this is this is where um the he has the museum curator, the guy there, show Nicole and Simon the security of the Venus. I just didn't think it was necessary. I like it because it shows him being a thief. Like, he's interested in it. Because you're like, oh, he's learning about it now. We need to learn about it so we know how to steal it later. I thought it would have played better had they um, had they cut this scene out and get directly to the point of the insurance policy on the Venus and it needing the um, examination. Because mm-hmm. I felt like if we get that, get to that sooner, because that, that's the whole point of the movie, to be honest. Get to that sooner, and then when they actually go and case the place, because technically he cases right. the place twice. So when he goes and cases the place, that would have been a better opportunity for that scene to play better. Because I guess- it's so long. I guess it could also have been needed in the time since we are now saturated with heists and bank robbery movies that we see lights and we automatically know, oh, those are little sensor things. But back then, do you think they needed that audible explanation of what they were from the museum guy? Oh, yeah, but uh, what I'm saying is because that scene is so long, yeah, because it just seems so unnecessary to put it in that placement. So, because it doesn't... It's taking it, it's making the setup longer. Mm-hmm. And that scene is so long, if you cut it down and integrate and get that information in during the actual casing of the place, where that seems to be more vital and more important, mm-hmm. it makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then you don't have this whole long, like, ten minute, or, well, it felt like ten minutes, but, like, five minute sequence before we already go get to the inciting incident. Yeah, but next comes a a real scene that should have been cut where Simon goes to that guy in that office area and tells him, like, the results of the paint chip, which I didn't even really get, like, anything out of that at all. Well, I think it was just to try and link them because then What's-His-Face goes to that art dealer Mm -hmm. and tries to get him to find the Venus, and he's like, oh, I don't. It's another thing with, like, all these, like, you can't question any loopholes because this is everybody that knows everybody sort of... I don't know. Yeah, I, I just felt like that guy could have been... That was not necessary. Mm-hmm. The art dealer wasn't necessary. He isn't even really necessary to link the other guy up to... Like, you could have cut to, oh, well, how did you get my name? Or or something like that with that meeting. Mm-hmm. Instead of these two extra scenes with an extra character that doesn't make sense. There's a lot of restructuring that I think needed to happen. Yeah, movie is too long. Yeah. Okay. Then Nicole has a mysterious date coming up that she's getting prepared for. But um, talking through it with her father, it's realized that he is someone who has bought works from her dad. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, well, why am I going out on this date? He said that he wasn't even interested in art. There's some shady things. And it's actually, we find out, the guy from earlier in the car who made all those phone cals. His Mr. name is Lamar. Leland. Leland. I don't. I didn't write down his last name. I thought it was. Well, I his company is Leland, so I thought it was like Lamar Leland. I don't know. I thought that I thought it was. So she's on this date at this restaurant with Leland, and this is the part 
where this American accent guy says, telephone for you, sir. <laughs> and he goes on the phone, and then Simon saunters over and sits down at the table, and she's just like, what are you doing here? I'm on a date. And he says, I want to meet you later. Let's arrange a meeting, pretty much, and then leaves. His name is Dennis. Davis. Davis. Davis Leland. Davis Leland. I don't know where I got Lamar from. So yeah, like, it's this whole plot with Simon. He wants to meet with Nicole, and then that's, like, that scene, and then Leland... Leland... Comes back. Yeah, and I think... I forget how it happened. Did she break him, or did he break? She, like, said something... Well, he was uh, in trying to tell her about... Oh, right. He just was What like, his real intentions were. Exactly. He's like, I want that Venus. <laughs> I want it. I want says, it in my hands, and I want to touch it, and I want... I don't know why he became Texan, but it just happened. <laughs> he's French. <laughs> I know. No, he's American. No, they said oh. he's American, but... But, like, he, he didn't have a Texan accent. I just gave him one because it's funnier that way. Because he sounds like an evil oil baron. Yeah. <laughs> well, because he was. He was, like, uh, he kept on talking about the subsidiary companies that he had. Mm. And one was an oil company, and then one was an agriculture company, and then one was a wool company, and then it just, like, kept going on and on and on. And I'm like, this is not necessary. Why am I remembering this? That, see, that's why I found <laughs> the facts so hard to remember, because there were so many of them. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I don't know why I remember those specific ones. Maybe because in my head I gave him a Texan accent and it made it really funny to me. <laughs> I'm sorry, Texas. Yeah, he wants that Venus ass. Yeah, <laughs> that ass. Yeah. So she's just like, no, 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 it's not for sale. Sorry. Bye. I would leave it with you if I could. All right, so then we're then we're back at the house, and then the man comes from the museum to talk about the insurance on the Venus, and that all, all Papa has to do is just sign, and then it'll be insured for a million dollars. Yeah. And then the guy's like, so, will you want to be there for the technical examination? And they're just like, technical examination! And they're like, yeah, you just signed for that. And they're like, oh, no! <laughs> It's like, for being an art forger, he really has no idea about what it goes in to, like, maintain and curate art. He was, like, a free love hippie, like, yeah. before his time. But he looked like, um, like, Scrooge McDuck. He looked like with the a devil. Beard. <laughs> he had, like, the spiky eyebrows and the big goatee. But his hair was always parted and it's that curly, like, Scrooge McDuck kind of thing. He looks like Vincent Price. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Accurate. Yeah, so they just realize that they are in trouble. Yes, and everyone's crying. So then, of course, this is the inciting incident, like, that we've been waiting for. All the way here, they're like, oh, now they have to steal. That's where yeah. I was just like, they gotta steal it. Before it gets, you know, tested. Yeah. See, then all the pieces come together. Yeah. And we're just like half an hour in. Yeah, we're two, like two hour movie. <laughs> we're like we could have we could have done away with a few of these things. Yeah, I mean they're all nice facts, but mm -mm. it's like we could have you could leave room for fan fiction, guys. Like seriously. Yeah. Oh, and then this South American shows up to see the fan go, and he wants to buy it, and everybody's like, no, no, no. Yeah, I didn't understand that. Yeah, but then Nicole gets her grand idea of what we just discussed. She's yeah. a little late to the party, of yeah. course. But, Everyone um, else ha was, like, there, and she just showed up. Yeah, so... Fashionably late. She calls up uh, Simon to meet him. She goes to meet him at the Ritz, and she is looking badass. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. I want them tights. Yeah, she had, like... Black lacy tights and a black number with lots yeah, but it was lacy like things. black lacy tights that matched her dress, but the lace was like in these weird black rose, mm -hmm. like rose stem shape shapes, mm -hmm. and it just like she looked, she looked awesome. Yeah, and she had like the black lace like mask. Yeah, it wasn't quite it wasn't quite a bird cage, but yeah, like yeah. a mask. Yeah. Yes. It was amazing, and Simon didn't even recognize her. He was just like, damn. Yeah, <laughs> like, that was his little reaction. He's like, who are you? Oh. Oh. 
Oh. Oh. You wanna you wanna go upstairs to my room? I think that was like the first thing that he asked her to. He, yeah, he's like, if this is private, I got a bottle upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty much, yeah. She wants him to steal the, the Venus. Mm-hmm. And he's like really confused. No, yeah, he he turns it down. He's like, no, it's impossible. It's impossible, and it's your own thing. Yeah, just he's like, like, why, why? Yeah, well, my favorite thing was when he was just like, why don't you just wait till it's safely back home and then steal it yourself? Yeah. And she's <laughs> doing her Audrey Hepburn, I just can't, with her doe eyes. Yes. Just do it for me. But then, you know, she kind of wears him down. He's like, okay, meet me for lunch. <laughs> At this place. Yeah. And she's yeah. like, yay! So then they start casing the joint. Yeah. And it's, like, another long sequence. It really needed to be a montage. Yes. Of them just, like, going around, like, sneaking these two things. Can we re-edit this? Yes. I mean, they've given us plenty of material. <laughs> yes. This would be, like, the, like, almost three-quarters way montage. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. We could graduate the shit out of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, among that, they notice a... Uh, room closet there that's one important thing to note while he's looking around at all the things he notices there's a broom closet on the same floor level as the uh as the venus so then they're plotting and then they're in the park and then he buys uh boomerangs boomerang toys which are important they are vital to the storyline and then they're back, back at his apartment yep where he, like, gives her a bunch of clothes and says, go change. Mm-hmm. Which was kind of awkward at first. Yeah, he's not telling her his plan. It's being all movie cutesy. Yeah. Domineering, which is what they did back in the day. Yeah. I mean, he, it was not, like, creepy. It's not creepy. Peter O'Toole's, he's an alright guy. Yeah. The first movie that I ever saw him in was Stardust. He was in Stardust? He plays the king in Stardust. Oh, I gotta rewatch Stardust. <laughs> you know he was nominated for eight Academy Awards and didn't win any of them? Yeah, that's a shame. Take that, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, like, you have not suffered nearly enough. Because I feel like he's gonna for win it. this year. Yeah, everybody's like, okay, let's just vote for him. Give it to him. Uh, he wants it. He wants it so bad he was willing to get eaten by a bear you think he'll make like better movies once he wins no because uh, i feel like he's just making he's oscar just making oscar movies where he does like these suffering or grand acts that are like oscar worthy performances but they're really like the i thought i thought if anyone any of the ones that he was in he should have won i felt like he did really good in Django. yeah but he needs to, after this, seriously, he needs to pull, like, a Michael Keaton and go more Indian weird. Yeah, like make a Birdman? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Or he can Oscar do, like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I really like the, the meme. I would love the meme to live on of him just not winning an Oscar. But anyway, let's continue. We're almost done. Yeah. Oh, Ooh. what's his name? Simon is dressed up, Nicole, as a scrub woman. Yeah. It's a woman who scrubs the floors. <laughs> it's an accurate term. Yeah. It's a technical term. Technical term. So she gets really excited because the whole plot is complete and she's like, yay, we're doing it. And he's like, why are we doing this? And she's just like, I can't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> but like throughout this whole moment, like he keeps alluding to the fact that the statue really looks a lot like her. Oh, yeah. Because... I love that. He's, like, looking at his glasses, and he's like, where were you at the early 16th century? Yeah. <laughs> because, I guess we, we didn't really, we kind of glossed over it, but the statue is actually a forgery. Mm-hmm. It was carved by her, her grandfather, and her grandmother modeled for it. Right. Which, really fast, is definitely that old photo they show really quickly, is definitely, like, Audrey Hepburn. Just like, dressed up. Yeah, an antique <laughs> outfit. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So anyway, they they do their little casing thing. They find the broom closet. They set up, uh, they set up her outfit for the scrub woman mm-hmm. stuff. And he keeps telling her not to let go of her bucket. Right, just hold on to your bucket. Because them scrub women, they're gonna steal it from her. 
I thought somebody, I thought, like, it went out of frame for one minute, and I thought, like, somebody was going to take it. <laughs> I legit was like, oh, there it goes! But then it, the frame went wide again, and she still had it, and I was like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> they put a fast one on you. Yeah. But anyway, um, she's about, they're gonna do it that night. Yeah. They're ready. She's about to leave, and Leland, Mr. Leland, comes over to propose to her. Yeah, in a very awkward, creepy fashion. Yeah, where she keeps saying no, and he's like, you'll learn to love me. Yeah, (laughs) and then puts the ring on her finger and then kisses her. Yeah, and while she's just like, no, no, none of this. Yeah, like, I'm not okay with any of this. Please let go of my face, I wonder, like... How many accidental marriages occurred? Just because somebody was like, hey, we're married. We're going to get married now. And people would be like, no. And they'd be like, it's fine. Well, let's go. Let's well, go I mean, it, it definitely happened in The Graduate. <laughs> yeah. That was something we did talk about. This is a very common theme, yeah. actually. I'm just going to walk up to somebody and be like, let's go get married. No, that wouldn't happen these days. <laughs> I'd be interested to, like, do a social experiment and see. We watched, um, that movie with the guy and the baby. He steals the baby. Oh, um. And they tried to get married that day, but yeah. they couldn't. Yeah. They had to apply for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, with the nurse. Mm-hmm. That was, uh, Casanova Brown. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say, you know, in Chicago, you have to wait to get married, like, <laughs> for three days. Well, you do have to have a, you, you do have to apply for a marriage license, and it does... I think there is, like, a waiting period. I hmm. think. I don't remember. Vegas, I hear, makes it easy for you. <laughs> <laughs> Just show up. Hey. Just go say hi to Elvis and he'll marry you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's carry on. We've got to get back to this movie. We've got a caper. Okay, I'm going to explain the whole caper. The First, whole plot. Okay, yeah. They set up a thing so coins fall. While everybody's leaving. Everybody's leaving, right? Yeah. So they set up a little booklet while people are cleaning up the mess so coins fall on the ground. And so when everybody's distracted, they hide in a fireplace. Yeah. But then the fireplace was only one stop on their way to hiding in the broom closet. Somehow they get there without being seen. Right. Not sure how, really, but... Yeah, and it would never work today because it'd just be security cameras. Yeah, <laughs> it'd just be like the security camera would alert your, you to the body heat. <laughs> yeah, but seriously, it's just like they went, look that way, and then they hit around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then they, they're hiding in the broom closet. They're waiting for all of the patrons to leave. So everybody leaves, and then all the security people hang out in the security room. Yeah. Which is on the same floor, but on the opposite side of the wing. That must be why they put the Venus there. Yeah. They need to get the key because they've been locked in the broom closet, and the key is on the opposite wall of where they are, so they use a magnet to magnet the key along and then Somehow unlock the door. This is a very elaborate plan. It's very long. And, like, this guy had everything that you needed, which is surprising. Oh, I loved it. I love that he had, like, little hooks and things yeah. hidden in his pocket. I or know, yeah. His suit. This guy would not be allowed on airplanes. <laughs> no, but if, like, I wanted to be, if I got, like, kidnapped or stuck with anybody, I would want to be stuck with him because he would know how to get us out of this situation. This guy is legit MacGyver. <laughs> MacGyver without having to create things. Sexy Cary Grant MacGyver. <laughs> Sexy Peter O'Toole. MacGyver. Mm-hmm. Yes. For me, I wrote down MacGyver's his way out. <laughs> because, like, the door didn't have a keyhole on their side, so you had to, like, take a string, push it through the keyhole, connect the key to it, pull it back through, and then turn it with pliers. Yeah. And it opened. Yep. So that's how they get out of the closet. It totally worked. Then, sh- then he goes and sneaks over to the coat check area. Oh, okay. Stealthily sneaks up, grabs it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) he comes back. Sneaks back. So then there's the. They change her clothes to that of the scrub woman. So then when the time is right, he uses the boomerang toy to set off the sensor alarm around the Venus and then hides back in the closet. The police come, the alarm goes off, everybody. The alarm is loud. The alarm 
wakes up the prime minister. Yeah. Who's on the same block as them. And he's pissed. Yeah, they get a phone call, and they're like, sorry, nothing happened, but sorry. Then we have some closet time, where he admits that he knows that the Venus is a fake. Yeah, he knows it's really her grandmother. Yeah, he knew the whole time. And then they smooch. And then they smooch some more. There's lots of smooching. Yeah, they because they're in the time. love. Yeah, they're legit in love right here. Yeah, it was so cute. Mm-hmm. So then... They set off the alarm again, and the whole thing with everybody searching yeah, yeah. everywhere, police show up, and then they get a very angry phone call from the prime minister himself, Yeah, <laughs> saying, turn that alarm off. <laughs> Basically, like, turn that alarm off or I'm gonna fucking kill you. You're, you will not be in this country for very much longer. <laughs> so then the, the chief of security does that, turns the alarm off. So, they then take the Venus, he just goes up there, grabs it, by the boobs, and they hide it in the bucket, and they put in place the, um... Mustache's wine beer, bottle. or wine, yeah, his wine bottle. Yeah, Mustache, sorry. Mustache is one of the security guards who yeah. just drinks a lot. Yeah, and he hides his wine in uh, the bucket next to the fire... Mm-hmm. fire extinguisher so they take that bucket they put it in then they take it then she hides then the, yeah then the scrub women show up yeah oh yeah so she he tells her to hide in the fireplace until the scrub women show up the scrub women show up at midnight and scrub until 4 a.m mm-hmm. so as soon as they show up she gets out of there she starts scrubbing and making her way to the security room which is where she her exit is yeah well he's told her to be because there will be no security guards how did he get out? Oh, wait. He... He hides in the security closet. Yeah. When they all run out. I don't know how. He just I don't did. know how he walked, like, past her. I guess he must have had a, a hat. And yeah. And just in that commotion was running around. He's a man. He can blend in with all the other security men. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mustache sees that the missing... The Venus is missing... The security guard comes out, the main guy says, alarm, alarm, alarm. Yeah, because mustache doesn't talk. So yeah, there's panic, which allows um, Nicole to escape, and Peter O'Toole's already in there, eating some bread. Yeah, he's just chilling. (laughs) Yeah, so then they go down the back stairs, and they're free. That's it, they escape with the Venus. And then this is the point where it gets boring. Well, like, she, they're on a phone call together, after, like, the next day. Well, it immediately goes next day, um, the press is over at their house interviewing. Oh, yeah, her dad. Yeah. He's, like, hung this black bow Mm -hmm. around where the Venus used to sit. Yeah, and she is on the phone with, um, Simon being like, I can't believe we got away with it. Oh, Oh, look at what we did. We got to meet up at the Ritz. Something, something meeting up at the Ritz. And then Leland goes to that guy, that art curator guy. And says that he must have the Venus. By any means necessary, hot or cold. Yeah. And the guy's like reluctant, but then gives him Simon's number. So then, yeah. Simon meets with Leland at the Ritz. At the Ritz. They have a little meeting. And Simon pretty much tells Leland, well, if you know Nicole and the guy and the father, you know, you shouldn't know them at all because I'm going to give you this Venus. Yeah. And you should keep it locked away. Don't tell anybody you have it. Just drop drop her. Yeah. Just don't, don't do anything. And just... yeah, he chooses the Venus over Nicole. <laughs> we didn't really love Nicole and he had some really creepy, like, touching need for the Venus. Mm-hmm. So Nicole comes to meet with Simon. And Simon confesses that this was his first crime. He's not a burglar. He's actually a private detective specializing in stolen art and security. (laughs) It's kind of like the end of Charade. Yeah. Well, I feel like this is where it should have ended. I didn't need the rest with her dad. Yeah. He gives, he goes and gives Leland the Venus in a box. They're taking off on a private jet. And Leland gets in there, and it's got, um... Her engagement ring tied around it. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's where we leave them. So he has the Venus. Yeah. 
Simon is meeting now with Papa, and he makes him retire. Sort of. Yeah, because then the South American guy shows up, and he definitely wants to sell him the Van Gogh now, because he wants money. And then, yeah, Simon and Nicole go off to get married. Yeah, they just drive off into France. Yeah, I know I rushed the explaining the ending there, but it's really just like, we don't need this. Yeah, there's a lot that you just, you don't need to hear about the conversation between Papa and Simon, which Mm -hmm. is like the majority of the end. It's a really good movie. I feel like I knew about Charade and I didn't know about this one, but I feel like it's like Charade, so if you like Charade... You'd like this. Yes, you would definitely like this movie. And just watch it for Peter O'Toole's eyes. Yes! I am surprised. I feel like, have I not seen, like, any Peter O'Toole movies in my life? I've seen older Peter O'Toole. So this is, like, dress. This is, like, seeing, like, your pictures of your grandpa when they were, like, really young. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how my, my, first of fe- uh, my first feeling with him was. You're like, oh. Oh? 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 confused i'm confused on how i feel right now no the only like trivia really was that the director wanted to make it a sequel to roman holiday i feel like that was like his initial idea probably when he started writing it and then was just like oh this isn't gonna work make a different movie but i'll still have audrey hepburn in it yeah well and gregory peck was originally cast yeah but he got sick and they cast peter o'toole as his replacement This is good. Good stuff. Are you ready to rate this movie? Yes, I am. (laughs) I don't know why we're singing. I'm ready. Okay. I rate this movie four Picassos. Ooh! I am going to rate it. I think I'm going to give it like a three and a half double statuette basis. Interesting, just the bases. Well, because the statue had two bases. Like, oh, it didn't make any sense to me. It was like, it had a ba- base that fit it, but it also had a base that, like, like propped it up. Yeah, <laughs> it was like a double, it was a dual-edged sword. Nice. So, next week, um, as we said before, we will be veering off from our Netflix regiment. Mm-hmm. So we're going to meddle around in the 60s. So, next week, we are actually going to be watching 1968's Funny Girl. Mm-hmm. Which we are very excited about. Yeah, we definitely wanted to watch this, you know, we've been wanting to watch it since we watched the Franny Bryce movie. Yeah. So. Yeah. We're doing it. This is our rules now. Yeah. It's our rules. Netflix. Get with it. Yeah. <laughs> Fix your shit. Um, so, as we say at the end of every episode, you can listen and download our episodes at thecutaways.com. Please leave us some comments. Rate us and subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. We really like it when that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, we are also on Facebook and Twitter as at Cutaways Podcast. If you type that in, you'll find us. Yeah, thanks to Leah for the retweets. Thanks, to Sam, for <laughs> pushing out that episode he was in. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for participating in the drinking game, if you did, because it happened a lot. <laughs> Alright, and we'll see you next week. Next week. Bye. Bye.